Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Welcome to SEO 101, your introductory course on search engine optimization. So, turn on your computers, open your minds, grab your mouse, and get ready to get back to the basics. SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm is now in session. Is now in session. Hello and welcome to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, episode number 352. This is Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and my co-host is John Carcutt, the now Director of SEO for Advanced Local. Congratulations, my friend. You're back. The once and again. Yes, the once again. <laughs> for advanced local. Yes, I, I went back. And I'm really happy to be back. There's a lot of people I miss there, I miss working with. And I'm now and officially, for the first time in probably oh, easily 15 years, a dedicated in-house SEO, which I'm really looking forward to. Good. Awesome. Well, I'm sure we'll bring even more interesting things to the show that you can share. Yeah, be very interesting. Well, good for you, man. And you don't even have to move. And I don't even have to move. <laughs> okay, well. Which my wife will say wouldn't have been an option anyway. So. Yeah, <laughs> it would have been just you moving. Yes. <laughs> just send the money, honey. Okay. Um, First up here is quite the news. This is getting quite a bit of press. Ahrefs, that's a tool that many of us know in the industry. It's used for, um, I think it's, I haven't done it in a while, link analysis, I believe. Um, And they are announcing a a plan for a new search engine designed to compete with Google. Um, I think when I first read that, I did check the date. And I know many listeners are listening to this on April Fools. And believe it or not, this is not April Fools. Yeah, this is my move. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So Ahrefs really is designing a search engine to combat or combat to to uh, replace Google, if you want to think of it that way. Um. Okay, so let's jump into why. Uh, now, their arguments are interesting. Um, not that they're wrong, perhaps the wrong approach, though. So, number one, Dimitri, uh, what's his last name? Gerasimenko. Uh, that's very good. I could not have done that. I hope that's right. Um, he has decided to do it because he believes Google is hoarding site visitors. 
his tweet is uh, Google is showing scraped content on search result pages more and more so that you don't even need to visit a website in many cases, which reduces content authors opportunity to monetize, unquote. So next up seeks to pry the web from privatized access and control. Naturally, this is a quote again, such a vast resource, especially free, attracts countless efforts to tap into it, privatize and control access, each player pulling away their part, tearing holes in the tender fabric of this unique phenomenon. I have no idea what he was trying to say there. Yeah, I'm not uh, sure what he's getting at here. Yeah. <laughs> um, pry the web from privatized access and control. Like, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not understanding that one. I think in a sense, well, the way I'd like to interpret this is that uh, it's become such a monopoly that everyone's building tools and services around it. Um, it attracts countless efforts to tap into it. Uh, I get it now. Oh, also, yeah. he's talking about gatekeepers of web content, such as yeah. Google and Facebook. He says the gatekeepers shape how content is produced and monetized. And he might be talking about things like um, forcing HTTPS on the web, um, forcing, um, you know, really pushing hard on responsive and get putting these demands on the web as a whole because of the fact they have so much control over how people find stuff. Mm. That could be what he's talking about, but I don't know for sure. Yeah, well, one of the things that he's mentioned is that um, his proposal is for a more free and open web, one that rewards content creators directly from search revenue with a 90-10 split in favor of publishers. So 90% of the revenue is going to go to publishers. Um, obviously, that's going to be very attractive to publishers, but as many uh, names in our community have mentioned, from Jen ha John Henshaw to Ryan Jones and Tony Wright, this is... Uh, this is going to make a pretty healthy uh, environment for spammers. Uh, there's just going to be, if, if you can make that much money from content, it's not user-based, it's more content-based. And search engines are meant to be for users, not content providers. Um, I mean, that's just one thing. The other thing, obviously, is this is just an overwhelming uh, Objective. Can you just imagine how many servers you'd need to start with? Oh, no yeah. doubt. Um, I think someone, I think Barry posted here, uh, this is tantamount to trying to go to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> it's the online equivalent, you know? Yeah. So, well. As, as we've proven, that's not impossible. It is not impossible. And hey, I would love a competitor. I think a lot of people are happy to see anyone trying, frankly. Um, we need more bold people out there. I just... Just, I'm glad I'm, I don't have, uh, I'm not going to be spending that money myself because <laughs> it's going to yeah. be pricey. Um, if I were him, I would be trying to think of ways to um, make it financially feasible as it goes by using, I don't know, CPU power, doing something with that, all that hardware that makes him money while he builds the search engine. Yeah. You know, it'd be something. It's got to be something. Okay. I thought this was kind of cool. There's lots of little little pieces of news. Uh, there's a note here from uh, a, a, based on a tweet from one of no other than Matt Cutts. Uh, now he said that he still leaves a honey leaves honeypot traps for SEOs. Now he was the head of of spam at Google, so he was 
in over, you know, over his head almost in how much that, that required in terms of work. So he, uh, he had left a few honey trap, honeypot traps out there to try and snag people who were doing bad and nefarious things. And he says, there's still some out there that still traps them and he reports them. Um, Barry, uh, I think correctly subjected that, uh, or guessed that that was his blog, uh, as being one of his main ones. Because people still contact him to buy links and it's like, tummy, tum, tum, tum. <laughs> it's like contacting us to uh, do our SEO. Like, why? <laughs> do some research. Next up, there is another video from Google Help on Angular SEO. Now, we mentioned before there is a series on uh, JavaScript indexing. Uh, and uh, it's very well done. So do check it out. Right now you can find this article on SE Roundtable. Uh, it's Google Video on Angular SEO, and uh, you'll you'll see a link to it. I haven't watched it yet, but I know they're great. I'm looking forward to it. I haven't watched that first one, but I have watched, I've watched um, at least the first one in the series, and it was actually pretty good. And Angular and JavaScript tied to SEO is something, if you're dealing with it, you need help with SEO. Yes, you do. So you really this could do. be a very, very good resource. <laughs> I, I am looking forward to watching it. Now, this is actually um, something I do run into occasionally, and I know Google must hear about it all the time. Uh, premier partners, and we've talked about this in the past too. Yeah. Uh, these are people who are tech, quote unquote partnered with Google because they have high paid ad spends they're managing many clients that spend a lot of money with Google. And as a result, they get premier partner status. What Google is saying once again, uh, is that these partners do not get special treatments in organic search. So that's the non-paid search. There is no special treatment whatsoever. And I can, I can tell you personally from my first tour duty at advance, um, starting my second one now, uh, <laughs> we were one of the, the, there were only nine in the world at the time, top tier premier partners. There were only nine of them, and Advance was one of them. And I couldn't even get anybody on Google on the phone if I was having an issue that I needed help with. There is absolutely no connection on the SEO side to the paid side tied to this at all, even at the highest top end levels. There you go. I think it just bears mentioning again because uh, I still see it all the time. And, and, and you can't deny that that Google partner logo looks good to the people who don't have a clue. Yep, for sure. And so in a way there, that's special treatment unto itself, but well, what can you do? Right. <laughs> and, they, okay. and, and a few years ago, they revamped how all those logos work because they have so many of them now, you know, they've got Google analytics partners. They've got partners tied to all kinds of different things. And they, they it used to be just that premier partner was the only ones that had logos. So the logos, I think, are also even starting to lose their impact somewhat. Hmm. Okay. Well, let's take a quick break. When we come back, uh, we're going to talk about accents in URLs. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. What if you had access to analytics from the most visited sites on the web? Think about real-time sales and signups from Amazon and Netflix, stats and engagement from Slack and HubSpot, all on one patented platform. That's Nacho Analytics. 
Nacho's perfect for details on your product design and development, instant for influencer info, and fantastic for real-time financial figures. Level the playing field today for your business with Nacho. What are you doing? All this Nacho talk got me hungry. Level the playing field today for your business with NachoAnalytics.com. Seriously? Are you looking for the best in WordPress speed, security, and scalability? WP Engine is a digital experience platform for WordPress, powering digital experiences for large brands around the world. With easy-to-use site management tools and powerful do-it-your-way development features, WP Engine gives you the flexibility to build it your way. Improve your SEO and conversion rates with a faster site on WP Engine. Learn more on WPEngine.com. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs sends you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search rankings. Let Top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on WebmasterRadio.fm. Hosted by John Carcutt, the Vice President of Strategy for Reflexive Media, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. So I had no idea that Scottish accents were welcome in... <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> you else... <laughs> You know what I think about you and your accents. I know. Well, I think I, I'm pretty horrified of my own. I, I, actually, I'm not too bad doing Scottish when I've been drinking. I don't know why. <laughs> we'll have to test that theory out one of these days. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's just my own ears liking it. it anyway. It might not be that your accent is better. It might be that your ears are worse. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. So, uh, apparently, if there are accent... Um, uh, I don't know how you say it, like uh, accent aigu, or what are they called in, in French, over a word, over letters. Um, that's fine in search. They give an example. This is on Search Engine Roundtable. So once again, thanks, Barry. Um, these accents are perfectly fine. Google has no problem with them, but they do advise that sometimes tracking systems and you know content management systems, whatever it may be, may have a problem with them. So you have to keep that in mind. But Google has no problem at all. That's good to know. Yeah. What's next? So uh, Barry, uh, not Barry, excuse me, Bill Hartzer, um, been in the industry for a long time, actually put a good article up. He's got a good blog, um, writes some good stuff. But he's he's pretty much announced that that Google Fetch and Render tool in Google Search Console is has been officially removed. So there's been a little iffy back and forth over the past couple months about um, you know, because of the new the new Google Search Console versus the old Google Search Console, um, Fetch and Render was still in the old one, but it wasn't in the new one. Well, now it's completely gone. And a lot of people used to use Fetch and Render for a couple reasons. One, they wanted to get in a page indexed real fast. They would go do Fetch and Render, and it would that would help get it indexed right away. Um, Google actually put the brakes on that 
um, towards the end of last year because people were abusing it, which is one of the reasons I think this tool is gone permanently. Excuse me. Yeah, sad. Yeah. Um, anyway, to do it now, um, you need to use the new URL inspection tool on the Google Search Console. Which I love, by the way. People, a lot of people are saying, eh, but I actually like it quite a bit. I do too. Yeah, I do. I've used this uh, nearly as much as uh, I might have already, but yeah, it's uh, when I have used it, I've been impressed. Yeah. And there's something else that came out just, just today, and I did put it in the show notes, but because I thought it was just ridiculous. <coughs> Excuse me. There was an announcement that, that the, the, the inspection tool in the new search console will now tell you which canonical URL is being used, Google sees for, that, for a page. So you'll look at a URL and it'll say, here's the canonical that we see for this page. We've talked about this numerous times on the show. It's been doing that since I think the inspection tool first started, you know, middle of last year. And all of a sudden, for some reason, there's this big report out that now you can find your canonical um, in the inspection tool. But I think it's been there for months and months and months. So I'm not sure why it's such a big deal today. Maybe something has changed, um, but it doesn't look like it to me. Hmm. Interesting. Um, one thing I should note, though, is the URL inspection tool. Um, uh, Bill was saying that he used to use the old one, um, the fetch and render, to index his blog posts nearly uh, within minutes by using it. Um, he's confirmed that using the URL inspection tool, the new one, uh, that after testing the URL, it also was indexed um, within two minutes. <laughs> It's pretty good. Interesting. That is good. Yeah. Um, now, McDonald's. Couple, yeah, we have a couple <laughs> things coming up next that aren't specifically related to SEO, but I think it's something that listeners should be aware of and just kind of understand is happening, right? So McDonald's, yes, that McDonald's, has acquired a company called Dynamic Yield. And Dynamic Yield is a company that builds personalization software. Right, so it's it's tied to big dining or data mining, and it's personalization. It just really intrigues me that a fast food company, even one you know, especially one as large as McDonald's, is getting into personalization of data and data mining about its customers or all of us, for all we know. Um, and I think this is going to going to expand into something bigger at some point. And this, this is where you'll think back. Oh, I remember John and Ross <laughs> talked about this two years ago on their podcast, and it's now this exploding thing. But I think this is a key point that we need to keep track of. That companies like McDonald's, I wouldn't be a bit surprised if there's other major retailers, not even just fast food, but like a um, what's another one um, like a. Uh, one of those big uh, Dick Sporting Goods or somewhere like that starts doing the same kind of thing about personalization of data and really digging in and buying these types of companies. Um, and it's going to have an impact on marketing as a whole over the next few years, I think. Yeah, they're saying here that getting digital right could mean tens of millions of dollars in profits for McDonald's each year because mm -hmm. um, they serve 68 million customers every day. Ugh, that's so horrifying. Think, so think about... So think about 
Spectrum Mobile is reinventing wireless again. Get unlimited on two-plus lines for $29.99 a month per line. No contracts, no added taxes or fees. Includes nationwide 5G. Save up to 60% with Spectrum Mobile. Get unlimited on two-plus lines for $29.99 a month. Call 855-438-2999 or visit a store near you. Offer valid for new customers on two-plus unlimited lines. Spectrum Internet required. Savings based on two-line comparison of unlimited plans among major national carriers as of 9-2021. Prepaid excluded. Restrictions apply. Now, just 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 a quick thought tied to display advertising, right? Right now, display advertising is really focused on where people go online and what they do online and how they do it. What if McDonald's takes that same kind of data and sells it to the same people that are buying display, display data? Now you're getting that same kind of data about a person and their real world habits. Hmm. And it gives people an idea of what Dynamic Yield has done in the past. Um, I'll quote here, dynamic yield software brings the same type of personalization you might expect when shopping online at Amazon. Add a box of Tide laundry detergent to your virtual shopping and a pop-up suggestion for Colgate toothpaste among other products fills the lower third of the page. These digital cues are unobtrusive and more importantly, they work. So yeah, I mean, with there, you can do mobile ordering now with McDonald's. You can do all that. Everything is Mm -hmm. touch screen they could easily get to know who you are and oh, yeah. provide recommendations on what you're doing or what you want to buy. They could use um, connections to your phone uh, and then f- find probably ways to target you online. I mean, it's endless. Oh yeah. <laughs> and then the, the last thing, thing we need, the other thing that's kind of changed a little bit in the past couple of weeks is Apple. Apple announced at an event um, the beginning of last week. Um, they finally opened up the details about Apple News Plus. And I really, really have to make a note here saying, why would you use a plus sign in the name of your brand after seeing what happened to Google Plus? But anyway, (laughs) it's just not a connection I would want to make right now. Um, But the Apple News Plus is an interesting model. And if it takes off, could change a lot of the way content is distributed um, online. Um, And very specifically, mobily, right? Because it's a it's a ten dollar a month fee, and you get access to three hundred magazines, news articles from Wall Street Journal, Los Angeles Times, and all kinds of newspapers. They even have Canada, where uh, you can get the Toronto Star and stuff like that. So it's they're 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 taking news content, and they're they're basically giving it all in one spot, right? So you don't have to search for it. You don't have to go look for it. You go to your Apple News. Now, the question to me is how personalized will it be? How, you know, if, if I want to read the one from, from the New York Times instead of the Wall Street Journal, how easy is it for me to do that? Because there'll, there'll be competing articles on the same topics. And how do you know which one's going to float to the top? That's, it's going to be interesting to see how that works. But what this means is that for, especially for a company like, like I just, I'm starting to work for again, who does news all the time, how do, how do you leverage that? How do you compete against yourself in Apple News and your online properties? <laughs> it's gonna be it's, it's gonna be interesting. And you know, with a product like this, it's kind of interesting. I know Apple has a mar- major market share. They're the most profitable, profitable con- company on earth, I think, still. But just the same, they aren't exactly gaining, I would think. Um, they've had some hits lately. Mm-hmm. So, why wouldn't I wonder if they would if they're going to ever consider opening something like this up to any brand just have a cheaper rate for Apple 
um, any any hardware, I mean, and then use that to try and pull people into the Apple brand. It's funny how they never do that. There's such a closed environment, but that would be a good marketing tactic. Well, they've been that way since the the very first Apple computers, right? Oh, I know. I know. It's just that doesn't things do change. Yeah. Um, anyway, they certainly uh, don't seem to be blowing anyone away these days since yeah. Jobs left. But it's interesting that they're going into news aggregation um, because of the fact they have magazines and news that the magazine piece kind of intrigues me because that's that's not always news related, right? You know, Field mm-hmm. and Stream isn't exactly a news source, so it could be for that particular topic. Uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yeah, it is. Okay, we have one Mueller file today, um, and it's pretty funny. It, it's it's essentially the the title is it's okay to redirect lower quality content pages to better pages, and the answer is that. <laughs> there is nothing else to it. I guess someone asked, you know, can I do this? And well, Mueller, John Mueller said, yes, you can. Um, the, I guess the only takeaway here is that, uh, to quote him, if you redirect that page and the old content is no longer there and we only have the new content, then that's perfectly fine. So he, even if you've, uh, the gist of it is if you redirect to a, a better page, they don't care. They're happy with that. And they will not consider what positive or negatives were on the old page. Now, they're only talking about basic signals here, not all of them. So if you had done this from a spam page to your own page, that might be entirely different. <laughs> yeah. Uh, very, very and, closed and, and concept and here. Very, very important to notice they say redirect, right? I've, yeah. I've had a couple conversations the past couple months where people wanted to do something like this, but instead of redirect, they just wanted to canonical the, 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 the older page to the newer page. Mm. I would want to make sure that that older page is gone completely. Yeah. Okay, well, let's take a quick break. We're going to come back. We're going to try and fit in a few questions from our new SEO 101 Facebook group. SEO 101 will be back right after recess. All right, guys, I want you to come up with an ad for a patented platform that lets you see any company's analytics accounts. I'm talking Amazon, Tesla, Netflix, etc. You know, see their sales and stats in real time. It's called Nacho Analytics. Tim? Nacho, regular analytics company. Charlotte? You can tap into analytics of major companies that don't want you to know how they're performing. Right. And you can also check the traffic and engagement for any influencer on any platform across all platforms. Tim? Okay, let us help you grow your business. Bailey? So it helps you jump ahead in the concept and development stages so you can build your product better and ahead of schedule. Absolutely. Nacho Analytics lets you see anyone's analytics in real time. Tim? You'll be wondering, where has this company been my whole life? Tim! Sorry. Sales, subscribers, and stats all in one place, and the data is totally anonymous. Holy guacamole, that's good stuff. Ah, now you have me making puns. Let Nacho Analytics level the playing field. What will you do when you can lift the curtain on the internet? NachoAnalytics.com 
Celebrating the best in online advertising, the Web Marketing Association presents the 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Submit your banner ads, email ads, rich media, online newsletters, websites, and social media campaigns now by going to www.iacaward.org. Deadline for entries is January 31st, 2019. All winners will have their entry highlighted on the Internet Advertising Competition website, as well as receive a handsome trophy to display or a personalized certificate of achievement. Be honored among your online advertising peers by submitting your entry into the Web Marketing Association's 2018 Internet Advertising Competition Awards. Go to www.iacaward.org now. There are over 70 million active podcast listeners in the U.S. WebmasterRadio.fm reaches them all with the largest global distribution of any online business-to-business podcast network. We can target and place your message in front of those active listeners immediately. Now, your message can be delivered with less commitment and investment on over 20 hours of weekly original content hosted by the most respected names in digital marketing. Thanks to an exclusive private offer available for a very limited number of companies. But you must act fast. Email brasco at wmr.fm and get your message delivered now. Okay, class, take your seats and no talking. Recess is over and SEO 101 is back in session. Only on webmasterradio.fm. Welcome back to SEO 101 on webmasterradio.fm, hosted by John Carcutt, the Director of SEO for Advanced Local, and myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, Inc. All right, what's first up here? We got some great questions from the group. Thanks, everyone. Yeah, it's great. Like last week, we hadn't gotten any. This week, we got a whole bunch to choose from. So this is really, you guys are really using this Facebook group well, and there's a lot of people jumping in and, and answering questions so I'm, I'm really excited about this yeah me too um, i think it's going to be way better than google plus i'm hoping yeah. hoping hoping yeah um that said the first one is kind of ironic the very <laughs> first question we got was from nick visuals he owns um photo studio in chicago and he basically and i didn't put the whole question in our notes ross because he had a pretty <laughs> thing but he basically jumped in and was asked if anyone was interested that owns their own websites if they were interested in partnering up and including links to each other's businesses or blogs. And he put, put a bunch of things, I don't, I'm not going to do this, I'm not going to do this. He, he was very specific about what he was looking for. Um, and that's basically one of the oldest techniques for link manipulation that there is. And I explained this to Nick in the comments. It, it's called link exchanges. It's one of the very first ones that Google figured out and figured out how to detect. Um, and you know they know how these things work and they, they find them all the time. Um, his, his idea was just to try to build, you know, use a group to, to kind of build some equity between everybody in the group, which in theory, you know, is a nice idea if you're in a group together to share that, but it's not, it's still manipulating Google search. So I told him, no, don't do that. You know, you're, you're going down a really bad path here. Um, what I explained to him would probably be a better way to do this if he's trying to get some links to his site was, you know, he, he offers headshots. He has a whole studio just for headshots. And if he talks to the people that he's working with and he does a headshot for somebody, he says, hey, if you have a website, can you just show everybody the headshot I talk, I took of you? And if you like it, you know, tell people where you got it done and potentially include a link that way. That's something that can work. 
um, you know, just a way to get links because people are happy with the work you do and they're sharing it with the people around them. Um, don't pay him to do it. Don't offer to give him a free headshot if he does it, that kind of stuff. But there's ways to get those links without reaching out and trading other businesses for links. Cool. Yeah. Nick, we appreciate the, the thought, but yes, just not a good fit for our forum either. So uh, the group, but yeah, he, hey. he, he actually offered to remove the post and I told him don't remove it. Cause I want people to learn from it. Yeah. Um, but, and I asked him to just to edit it a little bit and say, I'm not, you know, don't exchange links with anybody. And I don't know if he's done that yet or not, but I'll help him if he needs to. Awesome. Okay. The next question is from Dale Alorenshaw. Uh, Dale was asking, he says, I'm hoping to grab opinions on which of the two options below are more beneficial from both a voice and search perspective. Option A, build one FAQ page with all questions I've found along with answers. I was thinking in an accordion style. Option B, place a handful of relevant questions on each category page. For example, teeth whitening, questions at the bottom of the teeth whitening category page. Is there one option in which is, which this is, <laughs> I can't read this. Is there one option that's more preferable or what are the pros and cons to both? One negative for option B, I think it could be too much text making the category pages too long. Any thoughts or opinions would be awesome. All right. Thanks, Dale. Good hmm. question. Yeah, it is. And I, I, my first thought is I always, I always like to break my FAQ uh, questions into categories. I think more relevance um, is a good thing. Uh, but you do have, to, there's often subjective angles to this. You know, do you have a lot of content? Uh, it could be that it's too big. It could be that um, now technically content can't really be too big if it's good and it's, you're just adding value. But um, it's, it's up to you and, and exactly how you want to look at that. Uh, from a voice perspective, though, I don't know. What, what do you think there, John? I'm a little bit rusty on that at this point. See, I've, I've done a lot of digging into the voice search and how it ties into AnswerBox um, in, recently. And I've seen, of course, with Google, nothing is black and white. There's, there's, there's always a exception to the rule. Mm -hmm. So you can always find, you know, this is done this way and you can find the exact opposite. But what I've seen in most cases is that the, the answer box questions and which are directly tied to voice search at this point in time. So if you go in and you do a search for um, something that, that shows an answer box, if you ask your Google assistant that same question, you will get verbatim. It will read that answer box in most, mm -hmm. right? Not all the time, of course, but in many cases, but, it, but for answer boxes, um, the content it draws from a majority of the time is a single page dedicated to that to question, that question. Yeah, with, yeah, with an answer tied to it. There's usually a brief summary at the top of the answer, and that's where they usually pull the answer box answer with a more detailed, you know, um, explanation of the answer below it. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have seen them pull more than one answers from the same page, but that's kind of rare. I've seen I've seen it where there's actual FAQ pages that are found. That is also kind of rare. Um, to me, FAQ pages is, is not only just about the answer box, though, and the, the voice strategy. Um, people are asking those questions in search, whether it's an answer box or a voice or, or not. If someone's asking that question, you want to have the best answer for that question on your website. And if it's listed in a whole bunch of other questions on a single page, accordion style or not, that 
it's diluted within the topics of those pages. There's not that page mm-hmm. specifically related to that topic. So you're probably not going to be the best answer in search. And I've been saying that for years. I'm sure you have too, Ross. I always like breaking them up. And yeah. I mean, uh, an accordion style, in case you run into it, um, there was a lot of negatives around that for desktop. Since we're a mobile first uh, layout now, you shouldn't have anything to worry about there. Accordion is a very clean way of showing a mobile result. Yeah, there was a time a while back where they, they said if it does, if the content isn't rendered on the first first pass of the page, so like when the page first renders, yeah. if you don't see the content until you have to take an action like clicking on an accordion, it didn't count for as much. So you might yeah. see articles out there saying, oh, accordions are bad, but they have changed that. They've yeah. realized that, and accordions are actually pretty good now. Yeah, so just make sure that um, that said, um, the, the, the questions are properly written, that you're using excellent grammar, the kind of questions, I mean, try to base it on the most popular version of that question too. Mm-hmm. Uh, do a little research, uh, ensure that the answer is is very concise, um, and then add value, perhaps some more detail after that snippet, because they're gonna only take a snippet, they're not gonna read the rest. Exactly, and yeah. I can tell you, one of the tools that I found recently, um, SEM Rush. If, if you if you have a subscription, I don't know if this is available as a free if a free version or not, but they have a beta tool right now called Keyword Magics that really I is love it. Amazing when it comes to, to, to defining questions people are asking about certain topics. It's really good. Yeah. Now I know we have three other questions here, but my, I'm afraid my my meeting has arrived. My visitor uh, uh, here, so I do have to run. But I think we did okay. We did manage to fit in a good show there. Yeah. Hope everyone's having a good April 1st. Uh, so on behalf of myself, Ross Dunn, CEO of Stepforth Web Marketing, and John Carcutt, the Director of SEO for Advanced Local, thank you for joining us today. If you have any questions you'd like to share with us, please feel free to post them on our Facebook page, easily found by searching SEO 101 Podcast. And, uh, well, have a great week. And remember to tune into future episodes, which air at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern, every Monday on webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.